0: So today we're going to continue our fall series. Uh, If you've been joining us, it's called Come and Go. And uh, really, I think in the midst of this kind of broken and crazy world with all these different circumstances in our personal lives, in the world, in our country, um, plenty of distractions around, we've been trying to go back to the basics and ask ourselves, uh, how are we doing as disciples of Jesus Christ? Pretty simple question. Um, And then I think more specifically, what are you being discipled by? What am I being discipled by? Because I think the truth is we're all being discipled by something. Uh, in a lot of cases, some things, I think, plural. Uh, and the definition that we've been kind of anchoring this conversation on is, is the disciple being someone who accepts, right? Accepts and then assists in spreading the doctrine, the beliefs, the uh, the foundations, the teachings of someone else. And so, uh, we remember that Jesus said to come and and follow me, accept me, believe in me, learn from me, and then go and make disciples, right? Teach what you've been taught. Go and assist in spreading this gospel. So as Christians, obviously, we're we're to come and and, and learn for ourselves, come to Jesus to learn for ourselves, which is totally possible, which is encouraged, (laughs) which is in the Bible. Uh, We receive his Spirit. Right, we accept His Spirit, His teachings, His truth, and then we're led by Him. We go and we make disciples. We teach others what we've been taught or what we're even being taught, uh, and we go and spread this what we've received and accepted. We we give out what we've got because we know you can't give away something you don't have, right? And you you can't really hand over what you haven't learned how to hold. And so, uh, we're going to get into that a bit today. I've got a bunch of scripture so it's going to be fun. Uh, so basically, I'm probably just going to stand up here and, and declare some of the words of, of God uh, over this church, over you, over me. Uh, at First Peter 3, 14 through 17 is the first one I want to look at. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. That's a reason for hope, is it not? Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. And this have no means keep none, like be without it, have nothing to do with it. Do not accept that fear. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always, everybody say always, always always being prepared to make defense to anyone who asks you, anybody that asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, not if. When you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Interesting. Keep the fear out, right? We have the hope in. And then always being prepared is this active, actively participating process. It actually is translated as unceasingly. So it is this preparation. It's not a one-time thing. We don't just come and accept and then not go and get filled up again, and we can actually fend off what tries to steal our hope by knowing why we have it, to know the reason, to know the reason. So I'm calling this today finding hope that is a worthwhile pursuit. Sometimes I think we think of hope as like this wishful thinking, right? Like, ah, hope for this outcome or, or for that solution or, or uh, for that change, and that's kind of a slippery slope when it ties our hope to the things of this world, the things that we can't really control. And so I want to talk about, of course, who we have our hope in, but also this idea of where we have our hope from, where we're hoping from. And so if uh, any of you heard of like this, it's biblical, three heavens or three dimensions or tri-dimensional thinking. That's kind of, kind of what I want to teach on a little bit today. It may sound a bit sci-fi, <laughs> you know, but it's biblical. It's the truth. And uh, so we know, like in Genesis, the first, the first line of the Bible, Genesis 1-1, said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, right? And this is right here. This is where we're at, right? <laughs> it, that's where we are. Um, and this is where we have our problems and challenges and experience them and face fears, Jesus, remember, said, in this world, you'll have many troubles and sorrows, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. (laughs) So Ephesians 6, 10 uh, 10 through 12, says, finally, cross point, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We do need help, and God's armor, his full armor, is available. That's good news. That's a reason for hope. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Anybody else need reminders of that all the time? I do. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so there is this unseen or maybe mostly unseen realm all around us, among us, and this is what actually wrestles against us, tries to take our hope, (laughs) tries to steal and kill and destroy. That's that's the real enemy. That's the real opponent. 2 Corinthians 12, 2 through 4, I know a man, this is Paul talking, and he's actually talking about himself, just to be clear. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the... Say it with me. Third heaven. Third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. I love this. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. God knows. And he, Paul, talking about himself, heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. (laughs) So Paul, again, talking about himself, we know that Satan was thrown down, now his fallen angels with him, right? Thrown out of heaven. Those that currently accuse us night and day, it's in Revelation 12, among other places. So these are the rulers, uh, authorities, cosmic powers, right? Spiritual forces of, of evil in the heavenly places. We overcome these. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, right? By the blood of the lamb and the power of our Testimony, okay? That's good. And Paul here is giving his testimony. Paul is giving testimony of his spiritual experience, this revelation, his coming to the throne, being caught up into paradise. If you remember Jesus on the cross, I think it's in Luke 23, uh, and one of the men next to him said to Jesus, hey, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What's Jesus say? Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is what Paul was talking about, paradise. A few verses from Psalm uh, 148, praise him, you highest heavens. You don't need a highest if there's only one, and you waters above the heavens. Uh, 148, 13, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. Okay? Okay. Psalm 113, the Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? You guys tracking with me? So it's clear here, as many other places in scripture, that we live in physically what you could call the first dimension or let's call it first heaven, okay? That's where we live. That's where we exist physically, There is a heaven amongst us, we call it the second heaven, a spiritual dimension, and then there's a place where God's throne exists, where he looks down from, the highest heaven. And so the point I'm getting at is not necessarily that we don't hope for an outcome, or for a solution, or for change, but that we can't solve, we don't have solutions for, first heaven problems from the first heaven. You got me? That, that's not where we go for it. That's not where we find our, our hope. And, and to wrestle against, which we see is clear throughout Scripture and from the one we just read, to wrestle against forces in heavenly places, this second dimension among us, the spiritual dimension, we need higher solutions. <laughs> is that right? We need higher solutions. And so hope in the things of this world are always lacking. It's always temporal. It's not going to last so there's no other way, just like we talked about the last couple of weeks, right? Our peace and our healing come from God alone. It may come through other people, but their source is God. And so our hope also is only from God, hope that's actually available, hope that actually works, hope that's actually eternal, doesn't run out of time, that is beyond and above time. So hope comes from God, and God is our hope. So the hope in us is a product of who we hope in, right? And it's also, which I want to point out, where we hope from. Where we hope from. This is, this is and, I'll, and I'll get into this. So first, as, as living disciples, we find hope from the source. We've been talking a lot about this, our availability to approach the throne of God with confidence and boldness in Christ Jesus, That's real. Um, And again, this is not wishful thinking from the world or, or, or from our circumstances, but finding hope and getting to know the one who is our hope. Okay? Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. Follow along with me if you would. This is really thick stuff. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every, say every, Every spiritual blessing, that sounds like a lot, in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, okay? To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, say in him, In him we have redemption through his blood. That's a reason for hope. The forgiveness of our trespasses. That's a reason for hope according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things, say, all things. All things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth, in Him we have obtained an inheritance. This is you. You're on the Father's will. Having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things. Come on with me. All things. According to the counsel of His will, so that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of His glory in Him, You also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, heard, believed, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Praise God, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. (laughs) Can I get an amen on that? That's good. So then, says this in Hebrews 10, let us hold tightly, without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. We say, God can be trusted to keep his promise. Good news. Amen. But here's, here's a problem, I think, for all of us at times. Too many of us, too many people don't know what God has promised them, what God has promised us. What he promises in his word, what he actually speaks to us directly, (laughs) intimately. And can we agree on something? We are forgetful creatures. Is that true? Are you forgetful? I'm a little bit forgetful from time to time. My wife reminds me of this, but we do need reminded, right? And we need to remind each other the promises of God. Remember the reason, the reasons we actually have hope to go to the source and to be filled. And that's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing together as a church. The beginning of hope is knowing God and then learning to trust him. And that is a heck of a process. I haven't fully figured it out yet, but I keep going. A little further down in Ephesians, chapter 1, 16 through 23 says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in all my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory may give you may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. Isn't that wild? That literally speaks to eyes of your heart enlightened so that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. You do have a calling. It is good in that you can find hope. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us, who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised us from the dead, raised him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above, say far above, above. all rule, all rule, come on, yeah, and authority, and power, and dominion. These These are the things that we wrestle against, that wrestle against us. Far above all of them, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come, and he put all things, come on, all things, things. under his feet, and gave him, that's Jesus, as head over all things to the church, wow, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all, yes, that's praiseworthy, so God is good, he gives, you can't ask. You, you should, you know, I recommend it. Spirit of wisdom, revelation. This is life transforming stuff here. <laughs> By knowing him, having the eyes of our hearts enlightened, knowing the hope to which he has called you, he is above it all. All the circumstances and all things are under his feet. But did you catch the rest of that? All things are under his feet. Him, Jesus, the Christ as the head over all things to the church, to the church that he gave to us what does that mean? Well, the gathering of the the believers is the body of Christ. Is that right? It is the body of Christ. And so if we're active, functioning members of the body of Christ, and all things are under his feet, what does that mean? (laughs) In him, that goes for you and me and me, to you, you, like all of us. That's what we have hope in. That's where we have hope from. Like, this is exciting. This is hard to even keep the words in. That means all things are under. The church, when we are together and gathered as believers, when we, when we know the hope that's in the promises of God, that is our inheritance. All things, all these cosmic powers and spiritual evil forces, like, they're under us. They're under us. The church is to declare the goodness of God. Yes, Ephesians 2, 4 through 7, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. This is our testimony. This is our testimony. Made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And listen to this. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus wow, this is good news. We're actually seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places above all the names, (laughs) above all the problems with full access to his grace and kindness. Again, above every circumstance, unshakable as he is unshakable. I'm not saying this is easy. Again, I'm saying it's true. (laughs) I'm saying it's true. And so we go to the source to find hope. And as we go and make disciples, we share hope with the hopeless. We share hope with the hopeless. And it can feel like sometimes it takes everything just to find hope for ourselves. Is that true? Like, man, I don't think I got anything left to give anyone else. I'm just trying to hang on here. That's okay. That's not a reason for shame. That's actually why the church exists. We'll all feel hopeless from time to time, but as disciples, as followers, as, as, from what we've been given, we can't let hope end with us. Is that true? Look at this quote from uh, Ben Wendell, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, he wrote Searching for a God you're supposed to have found. This is really good. Uh, for some, living for God can be like a roller coaster. That, that might be me. Uh, one week, they're on fire. Everything's exciting. And the next day, they are on a low. And God feels a million miles away. We need consistency. Amen. That's true. There needs to be more than just sporadic times of fulfillment. Jesus told the woman at the well that she would never thirst again. Yet so many people seemingly haven't drunk of this eternal water and find that they still desire something more out of life. So their thirst drives them. They become like sponges. See this visual, soaking up and soaking up. However, if a sponge is never squeezed, the water in it will soon become stagnant. And it is here that the greatest irony of Christianity is found, and that is that to get more, you actually have to give out first. Wow. Some spend their whole lives trying to get, 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 and yet they remain empty, and unsatisfied. I've got some testimony to testify to that. <laughs> Spiritual obesity is on the rise. Many Christians have read all the books, heard all the sermons, but have no outlet in their lives. It's hard to do right now, maybe especially as a result, they become spiritually obese. To really experience God, you must be in a position where you are giving to others. Wow, opportunities to do that. But listen, you can even do it Somewhat selfishly, don't quote me on that. You can do it knowing you get back. God says, no word, no word leaves my mouth and returns. Yeah, like it accomplishes his purposes. But if our, if our search for hope is just for us, we will be left unsatisfied. That's true. We'll miss what God wants to and can do and, and frankly will do uh, in your life. Okay, let's keep going. Ephesians four. You guys with me still? Okay. Uh, Ephesians four. Uh, finished out the, that chapter. The first couple of verses of chapter five. Therefore, that's what it's there for. Having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your angry or on your anger, <laughs> and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. There's plenty of people in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. You can actually do that. If you've got it, you can give it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Woo, lay it down. (laughs) Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's a reason. I was forgiven, now I can forgive. Therefore, be imitators of God. This is scripture. How, doesn't that seem, well, can I imitate God? (laughs) The one and only living God? Be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So we can love people if we receive love. Anything else is a perverted form of love. It's just the truth. That's what the Bible teaches us. And to imitate God who is love, we love. God is light. We imitate him by being lights in this world. That's, that's, that's the calling. That's the great calling. First Corinthians 13, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always, say always again, always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. It's not speaking to something easy. It's like, why would he say never gives up if you don't ever feel like giving up? <laughs> right? So have you ever had someone tell you, I've lost all my hope. I I got no hope. Well, I'm here to say, give them some of yours. Give them some of yours. Give them some of yours. This is a beautiful blessing that we are actually called to participate in. And we gotta get filled up to be able to give it out. There's a lot of people that have lost hope and that you can have hope to give that I can, and it is good, uh, and to keep going back to the source for, for more, to show others how to get there. Let me show you. That, that is how we change the world. And as Jesus did it, one person at a time. <laughs> it's not about numbers, it's about souls, y'all. Yeah. So that is the beauty of our God. He can give us hope directly from himself. He actually asks, you could say commands you, to approach him that way, and he can and will use people—you people, us people—to spread his hope to one another. We all need it. Uh, worship team, could you uh, mosey on up here? Get a minute. We're gonna sing that song again, I think. Um. So Jesus said, "Come and follow me. I'll show you. Go make disciples and teach them what I've taught you." Again, this is an active process. You can't teach if you're not learning. You can't lead if you're not following. That's just, that's just true. And as disciples, we do need to experience the hope of God for ourselves, and it is available And there are people. If you're, if you're struggling with it, there are people here that can help you. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me remind you. Let me show you. Let me teach you how to find it. It's not about taking the place of God. It's like, hey, I've been given this. I got some extra hope for you. Have some of mine, and let me show you how to get it. Because it's there to remember our inheritance, to remember where we're seated. You are seated in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That is where we hope from. That's where we hope from. We have rights, we have authority, and we can walk with that authority. We can again go continuously to the source of hope to again approach the throne. I can't say it enough times, to point others to Jesus, to find it for themselves, to know the reason, know the reason we have hope and share it with the world. So I wanted to end uh, today with a reading of John chapter 17, which is just phenomenal. I was like, can I pick out some? And I'm like, I'm reading the whole thing. <laughs> reading the whole thing. It's an amazing prayer, uh, but I wanted to... to give some context leading up to it, you know, a few chapters leading up to what, what's happening right here as we go into it. And so I'm going to start with something. I'll just hit a couple of verses from chapters 13, 14, 15, and 16, leading up to 17. We'll read it together. Sound good? Okay. I can't say anything better than this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a new commandment I give to you, this is Jesus talking, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if, if you have love for one another. That's it, that's it. John 14, let not your hearts be troubled, right? Believe in God, believe also in me, says Jesus, in my Father's house are many rooms. That's good news. That's a reason for hope. Many rooms, <laughs> many rooms. God is not running out of grace, and there's enough room. If it were not so, continues Jesus, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. That's paradise, y'all. <laughs> That's paradise. And you know the way to where I am going. This is what he's saying to people who are like, we we don't know the way. (laughs) He's just declaring this over their lives. This is a prophetic statement by Jesus. You know the way. they are like, "Not what? No, we don't. (sighs) Later in John 14, truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus continues, whoever believes in me, whoever believes in me, Whoever believes in me, it's not pastors, it's not priests, it's just the people that believe in Jesus. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater, say greater, greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This is where we hope from. That's praying in Jesus' name, is knowing where you're seated, knowing we are members of the body of Christ. It transforms your mind. It transforms your prayers. Then we're praying God's will, and then it's a guarantee. John 15, if the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. (laughs) If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not, say not, not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. A little bit later, Jesus says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. He's not just talking about right after the cross, he's talking about now. Jesus is still speaking, y'all. He is still speaking. He says, but you cannot bear them now. When though, when the spirit of truth comes, he's here, (laughs) spirit of truth, he will guide you. He will guide us into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority. It's the same model. We only get hope that we've gotten the spirit of God only speaks what he's heard from Jesus. Jesus said, I don't do anything on my own. I do only what I see the father doing. This is an active participation. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, says Jesus, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. That's what we're to do. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Mm, great. A little further. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Do you think he's trying to get a point across here? <laughs> he will give it to you until now you've asked nothing in my name. It's interesting. It's interesting. Because they've asked a bunch of stuff. Ask and you will receive. Say will receive. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. That's what what we're doing here again. And this is the last verse leading up to chapter 17. See if it sounds familiar. I've said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In Jesus, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Wow. So... They had this last supper, Jesus knows he's getting betrayed by, Jesus, uh, by Judas, knows that Peter is going to deny him. Then he washes their feet. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And Jesus is about to walk the line. He's going to the cross. It says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. This is a man that knows his purpose. Glorify your son, that the son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you. That is eternal life, that they know you. Wow, the only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, I glorified you on earth. I have accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence. With the glory that I had with you before the world existed, I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of this world. Yours they were, and you have gave them to me, and they have kept your word. They have kept your word, he says. Okay. If Jesus says so. Now, they know that everything that you have given me is from you. That's our example, too. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world. Just as I am not of this world, I do not ask that you take them out of the world. It doesn't say keep them from all problems. No, he says, you're going to have a bunch of them, but that you keep them from the evil one. We do that by rising above it. They are not of the world. Just as I am not of the world, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. He is sending us into the world. The world needs hope, sanctify them. In your truth, he says, and for their sake, I consecrate myself and they also, that they may also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for these only, listen, I do not ask for these only, but also, say, but also, for those who will believe in me through their word. Wow, wow, that's a calling. That is a worthy calling. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them. What? That's hopeful. That they may be one, even as we are one. Does this sound, does this sound familiar or repetitive? He's like, get this, guys, get it. I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one. That's, that's what we're doing. So that the world may know that you sent me. You hear and love them even as you love me, even as you love me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am. That's gonna be paradise. That's where he is now, that they may be with me to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. Oh, righteous Father, says Jesus, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name and will continue to make it known, will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. <laughs> That's a lot of scripture, but it's worth it, you know. Uh, so we're gonna go into this worship song again, living hope, and 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 I just I encourage you to ask. Ask. God is here, he's present to ask and, and receive, to enter his gates with thanksgiving his courts with praise that's that's why we worship (laughs) he's worth it but then there we go we can approach that throne to give thanks to him and bless his name in him we are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit so pray this scripture even with me as we go into this for this reason I bow my knees before the father forever and ever. Amen. Amen.